Hello, and welcome back to The Room Above the Attic, a true crime podcast where I describe horrendous true crime events to my father. Hello, I'm her father, and I listen and sit in judgment sometimes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) To the things that happen. Um, And uh, we're back. Back this week. We are back, yeah. And I have, like, uh, as usual, I have no idea what's coming. I know. And maybe I don't want to know. Maybe. But I'm going to sit here and listen. But you're going to know by the end of this. (laughs) I'm going to know. (laughs) Yes. You're going to figure out what happened. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Kind of. Kind Kind of. of. Uh oh. Don't want to give too much. Is it a mystery? Okay. Don't want to give too much away. Okay. Okay. Well, we've. It's summertime. Summer, summer, summertime. (laughs) And, uh,. Uh, our summer's going well. How, how's yeah. your summer started off pretty good? Um, my summer started with a nine-day trip to Europe, so I'd say it's going pretty well so far. Yeah, yeah, just keep on bragging about it, why don't you? It's like the best thing I've ever done. That's uh, pretty so. cool. It is pretty cool, um. <laughs> I'll give you that. And we, me and your mother and your sister, went to the exotic Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ooh, you know why? So much fun. Why? We had never been. That's good. You know what? Just another, yeah. th- just another dot on the map for us. Yeah. And we had a good time. We saw the zoo. How was the zoo? It was great, actually. They have some huh. cool animals there. Cool. The BioLife Park, as I as I call it, and or as they call it, <laughs> <laughs> and they had uh, great animals. Uh, some of their enclosures were fantastic. The polar bear. Enclosure was amazing, um, and then they had the aquarium, which was cool. I would yeah. say the zoo was my favorite, though, and then oh, the botanical cool. gardens. But I'm not a plant guy, but it was pretty too. Yeah. It was pretty. Yeah, and I think it rivaled Paris and and in uh, <laughs> London. Okay, Albuquerque definitely is the Paris of America. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and I'm not gonna. <laughs> I will not. You heard that in it court. here first. <laughs> Albuquerque, the Paris of America. Yeah. That'll be one not, of our shirts. I will not say that under oath. But <laughs> Albuquerque is a great town. Great food. Oh, the food! I heard the food in Albuquerque was really great. Great food. We went and ate at the place called the Frontier. Okay, I think that's like pretty famous. It is famous. It is famous. I think a lot of famous people have eaten there. And Man vs. Food was there, apparently. Ah. We didn't know that until after. Uh, but anyway, great, yeah. great, great, great. All great. right, Hannah, I think. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your trip? Have, oh. have we talked about this yet? I don't think we, we have. haven't. Okay, so so. Um, I went and I like. The whole point of this trip was kind of to learn more about World War Two, mm-hmm. and how um, it's different than it is here, and how we celebrate it and stuff. How it's remembered. How it's remembered, yeah, because mm-hmm. it actually happened over there, and right. on their soil. So they have a lot more memorabilia and stuff, um, and a lot more tributes to all the lives that were lost. Right. Especially in France, which um, I didn't only go to Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Cannes and Rouen, 
mm-hmm. and the Normandy region. Mm-hmm. So I saw all those major D-Day beaches and stuff. So when you came back, you kind of told us about how, you know, in America, we do tend to focus, and not, not 100%, you know, mm-hmm. but we do tend to focus on the American soldiers that went over, how, you know, we really helped turn the tide of the war with, right. with Russia, I'll say that. With, um, yeah, Russia and, um, um, I forget all the forces... I think it was uh, Canada. Although I don't you know, think Canada doesn't say. get recognized a lot in World War II, but they did a lot. Yeah. Well, and you were telling me, though, how we kind of tend to remember our guys. When you go over there, they remember everybody. They're, yeah. They're thankful for everybody that came over, every country that helped yes, fight, fight definitely. the Nazis, Which I think is awesome. And, we, you know, we can't just, we didn't do it alone. Right. And if it was just us trying to fight alone, I it um, would have been. It, we would have I don't know. Lost. I mean, American do, can do anything. I'm going to say that, but uh, right. But whew, I don't know if that would have if the, it would have been a good outcome. Right. So we yeah. do want to thank the uh, the Allied forces. Yeah, because they just celebrated D-Day not too long ago. I think it was this yeah, week. Yeah, just last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was great. Yeah, I yeah. got to rub it in your face, though. I was like, oh, look at that. I've been there. Right. Oh, and I saw yeah. that. We see all that. these cool places on the news, on the evening, you know, uh, uh, national news. And you're like, oh, yeah, I was there. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah, I was there. But then we see, like, Chris Hemsworth is taking his picture. I know. The tower. <laughs> like, you didn't see Chris Hemsworth. No. Okay. And, like, a lot of, a bunch of cool people went to, like, France. Tay Tay. Yeah, Taylor Swift, who I love mm-hmm. um went to paris she flew into the Par- paris the day i flew out uh-huh. and i was like and she went to the eiffel tower and mm-hmm. i was like i was so close but yet so far <laughs> right um it took you to go to another country to almost run into taylor, taylor swift i know right. uh, uh. <laughs> that would have been the highlight of your trip. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> you, would have. The, you saw this cool World War II stuff, the Eiffel Tower, Tower, Tower of London, Notre Dame, all these. Notre Dame, uh, yeah. Uh, Notre Dame. We're in America now. Okay, you can say it the American way. Okay, <laughs> okay. Notre Dame. Um, and uh, when we're in France, we'll say Notre Dame, but we're in America. So. Uh, <laughs> okay. And we refuse to say it the right way. Oh my god. You know we what say my the American the, way. Like so you have to pay to pee over and like you have to pay to use the public uh restrooms over in London. Squeeze me? Yeah, it's like What if 10 you have cents. no money? Well then you're SOL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're uh, well, going you, on the ground. Then you have to buy like a cup of water at a restaurant and go Again, you're out of money. Uh, yeah. Listen, well, if I don't have 10 cents to go to a public restroom. Yeah, well, we got made fun of that a lot over there. The, our tour guide was like, you Americans, you're just pee-free or die, aren't you? It's like... <laughs> they made fun of you? They said, Yes, because we didn't want to pay 10 cents to pee. It is weird. Why? I don't know. Okay, so if you're paying to pee, how, how are their um, restrooms? Some, they're pretty much like... Here. Some of them are okay. Mm-hmm. So you're but... paying for the right to go to a pretty dirty restroom. Well, some of them Here, are it's dirty. free to go to that restroom and, and use the dirty restroom. 
in France, you gotta pay for that fact. Well, okay. I'm not in France. That's just one more the reason we're France, better in America. No, no, the ones in France are free. They're like little pop-up stations. Oh, dang it! Okay, um, so I mean, that's my, just one way we're better one, than London. One of my friends had a really bad experience with that. They're pop-up things. Yeah, well, like they're plastic things that are in like the porta potties. Yeah, basically. Except they clean themselves. Oh, they do clean themselves. Yeah. See, I kind of I've heard about that. Okay, so so, so like she pressed the button, she went in, and she kept pressing the close button, uh-huh. and it kept opening and shutting. And oh opening no! And shutting, and then it shut and it cleaned with her still in it. No crap! So <laughs> yeah. how? Like how does it clean? It like it sprays water everywhere, and it like flushes the toilet. And sp- Sprays of water and like oh my gosh. She got like sprayed. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> was that a pay to go? No, that was uh, free. That was free. Yeah. I've heard about those self cleaning restrooms in Europe. I yeah. always wondered about that. So, did, do you think she just didn't know how, couldn't understand well, how to use it? Yeah. Or, it, like, or you it was go malfunctioning? In, yeah. It might have been malfunction, malfunctioning, but. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she pressed the close button one too many times, and it got confused. Wow. So we she were... She broke it. <laughs> well, we were on the outside, and I was like, we were like, here, let's just press the button. And when we went to press the button, like, you press it after you're done, oh, and we didn't oh, know that. Oh, <laughs> so you so you did it to her? I kind or of, she yes. was the one that did Okay, well, anyway, whatever it, she got... She, she got, got clean. soaked. With, oh <laughs> and my all these gosh. French people are like around us looking cuz like they can stupid hear the Americans. They can hear like silent screams coming <laughs> from this toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um they're all like staring and she walks out and she's soaked and everyone is like Oh, my Do Americans not know how to go to the restroom? Exactly. Those crazy Americans. They're like, they were trying hard not to laugh, too. And I was like, I was trying so hard not to laugh. Uh-huh. I was like, eh, I'm oh, so that's sorry. Crazy. I, it would have happened to me. But also. No, was, no shame to your friend. I mean. I mean, it was like also tough. pouring rain yeah. then. So she could pass it off as like, we got caught in the rain and she didn't oh, have an well, umbrella. Good. good. That was good. But Um, were there clear instructions on how to use it? Not in American. Not in English. Not not in American. (laughs) There's English and then there's American. American. Yeah. All right. So there weren't English or American instructions. No. (laughs) Did you know what this is kind of like crazy and I didn't think about this going there, Uh but all the English maps of like Versailles and the places we went, Mm -hmm. they... um, had the British flag for English. They do that a lot. So yeah, I've noticed that where like if you're if they want you to well because English is the root word is England. England, you know, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, so that's the universal symbol for English is the British yeah. flag. And I think the Union Jack's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I liked London a lot better than I liked France, actually. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, well, you had some run-ins with some uh, homeless. They Apparently, they have a lot of refugees there, and yeah. um, um, well, you were told not to go out at night. So that kind of he, 
puts a tint. A damper on your experience. Yeah. yeah. And a tint to your whole stay there. Yeah. Right? And, like, if you're, um, like, told this place isn't very safe. Well, we were told you know. that by not only our tour guide and the people we were with, but, like, people who lived in Paris. We are right. like, one day we were like, we want to... First of all... If you live in Paris, thank you for thank, yeah. telling it's my daughter a, how to how to be safe. That's safe, awesome. Saving my life and making sure um, my belongings didn't get stolen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, I mean, Paris is a beautiful city. I'm not going to dock it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's a, like Paris is to visit. They have a refugee issue a problem um, yeah zero. yeah but um, a lot of the homeless people i don't believe they were refugees like i saw maybe one or two hmm. homeless people that were refugees and the rest were like elderly the homeless yeah mm-hmm. they're like a lot of well, it we have our own homeless population. problem over here we won't yeah. we won't say that but, but we won't say that we don't we do no the only so running. I, I try to be diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, you you didn't see at least see that in London. Well, I mean, I a was a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I had a very interesting run-in with a homeless man in London, under a little bridge thing. I thought you said it was France. <laughs> no, that was London. Oh, it was London. But we like only saw like three homeless people in London and none of them were begging for money. That's because London hides their homeless. (laughs) They hide them. But, um, yeah, so I, France is a great place to visit Mm -hmm. and if you, like, I encourage you to go visit it. Um, but just be very cautious of your belongings. It's like everywhere. Yeah. There's crime in every place. Mm -hmm. So, and listen to the French. They, they know where to go and where not to go and where, how to be careful. Yeah. So ask around. Yeah. Um, and even before we made it to Paris, we were in Cannes. And we ran into these people who were buying, like, Ferraris from Cannes. Mm-hmm. But they lived in Paris. Um, mm-hmm. And they were like, be careful in Paris because you don't want to get pickpocketed. And we we're like, oh, yeah, we know. And they're, they, like, grabbed this girl's hand and they're like, no, you don't understand. You need to be extremely careful. Right. And they we were like... Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like world-class pickpockets. Yeah, like, like they've it's been like raised you will to not, do that. Right. You will not know that they exactly. have taken things out Especially of your pockets. Especially during rush hour on the subways. That's like prime pickpocketing thing. Right. Or hour because you're already being packed in together. Right. So and people are bumping into you. You can't feel people mm-hmm. messing around. So... Yeah. So listen to the French. When you go to France, yeah, enjoy the sights, but listen to the French when they tell you to be careful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like London, I think is better to live in. It's like you can live in London. It's a nice metropolitan yeah. city. And you don't have to drive to live in London. You can get anywhere through the underground. And if you need to, you can use like the bus systems or mm-hmm. the lifts. To get around. What what is a lift? Like the ones we have here. Oh, an, the, Uber, like an Uber or a lift. Or oh, a okay, lift. all right. <laughs> I thought that was the lift was like a or taxis. They're big on taxis. Right. Isn't isn't lift what they call elevators? Oh yeah, a lift is an elevator. Right. But oh my, 
F-T is the spelling. Hey, we just took a lift, your mother and I, for the first time. Oh, how was that? Um, So we we took it to go somewhere. And it's funny because they charge to go to that place. Mm -hmm. It was like 10 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Nine and change. Yeah. To come back from that place, and there was a lot of people there. Uh It was about 70 bucks. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Jeez. yeah, so I don't know. They they do some surge pricing. Uh, that's and, how they and, get you. Right. And I it's I always heard that was illegal. Like if something is demand, you can't just automatically raise the price. Yeah. You know, and then lower it willy-nilly like that. Um I think that's against some sort of the consumer protection laws, but they do it and we paid it cuz you got to get back. You got to yeah. get back. Uh, but that being said, the driver that took us home that we had to pay was amazing. She was great. <laughs> it was such a mess around where we were. There were car crashes, um, and the traffic was insane. So that was another reason, I'm sure, why it was surge pricing. But um, yeah, um, the driver that we got finally after an hour and a half of trying to get a driver. She was amazing. She was great. She, you know, we had to find her and she waited and she told us exactly where she was. And then we got in her car and she knew how to get out of there. We didn't have to wait in traffic. It was awesome. That's great. Yeah. I had. She was very friendly. A school bus driver that was also a Lyft driver once. And she was like. At one point during our trip, she said, don't worry, guys. I'm better when I'm a Lyft driver. Well, that's awesome like, when you're riding in the bus. <laughs> right. I was like, uh, what? Like, yeah. Don't worry, guys. I'm way better when I'm a Lyft driver. I promise. And like. But we're in a bus right now. <laughs> right? I'm like. Yes. How right. does that help me now? Right? I'm like. Oh, jeez. I don't want to take that chance. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, so it was does... it was interesting. It was it was it was an interesting night. Uh, we got rained on, and we're out in the rain for an hour and a half, but oh. it ended well. Good. Yeah. So, well, um, I don't know. Should we even start, or should we just keep on doing the wild tangent? Oh, <laughs> we sh- can start, I guess. Okay, because um, you said it's going to be a long one. Now this podcast is going to be a long one. Yeah, a long. So bear with us here, people. <laughs> Um, okay, so I hope you're ready to do some more traveling, because today we are traveling to the land that produces all the amazing hockey players of the NHL. Sweden. No. Um, Hungary. <laughs> Russia. No. Uh, England. England? Uh, <laughs> There's only like Switzerland. one. Switzerland. No. Um, <laughs> America. No. <laughs> I know where you. I know where you want me to go. The only yeah. great hockey player that's come Canada. from America is Austin Matthews. Canada, but it's not Canada either. It's not Canada no. either. Oh, I thought you were going to Canada. Okay, so where are we going? Finland. Finland. <laughs> the okay. only one you didn't. The only one I forgot about. Okay, Finland. Okay. Like, think about all the great people that come from Finland. I don't know. Patrick Laine, Tuukka Rask, Rask, um, Miko Rantanen. Who else? Oh, God. Um, oh, uh, Sebastian Ajo. Tevo Tevo... I can't even... Tevo Teravainen. 
Um, if we mess up your names, we're sorry. Yeah, that's um, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to Finland. We're going to Finland. All right, let's see what these Finns are capable of. Um, full <laughs> disclaimer: before I tell you about um this, I apologize for the any horrific mispronunciation you hear. Yeah, we're American. You're in Finland. Your names come from Finland. We are. We're doing our best. Yes, <laughs> I really am. Yes. Um. So we are going to. I don't expect you to get my name right if you had to read it. No. And you're from Finland and you've read Finn all your... What do they speak in Finland? Finnish. Finnish? Yeah. Are you sure? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure? So you're speaking Finnish? Maybe? Yeah. In Finland. Maybe. And um, uh, you say my name wrong. I will forgive you. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Okay. So we are going to the summer of 1969. 69. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was the summer, summer of 69. So we start our story on June 4th of 1969 mm-hmm. in the town of Espoo, Finland. Espoo. Yeah. Um, okay. E-S-P-O-O. I'm guessing that's E-S-P-O-O. Espoo. Espoo. I don't know. It's probably something with an uh, umlet or something? Yeah, no, it didn't have any umlets. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, All right. And this is about 21.4 kilometers away from Helsinki, which is their capital. Okay. Um, so on this fateful night, a group of four teenagers, uh, well, that day, a group of four teenagers set out for the lakeshore um, for a lakeside camping trip. Okay. Because it's hot. It's in summer. Yeah, and it's summer. And you live by this really nice lake. Yeah, Um, go enjoy the lake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They wanted to rough it, so they just had a tent Mm -hmm. and some basic survival stuff. Right. Um, So it was a group of four teenagers. um, That included Myla, Anja, and Anja, who were both 15 years old. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Seppo and Niles. Okay. Um, Niles Gustafsson, who is Swedish. Um, and he, they were both 18 years old. And it was... Eight, so two 18-year-olds, two 15-year-olds. Yes. And the two 18-year-olds were dating... The 15-year-olds. The 15-year-olds, yeah. It was the summer of 69. So maybe that was... Uh, okay. Back then, I don't well, it's only I'll like three say. years, but yeah. yeah. Well, eighteen-year-olds are adults. Fifteen-year-olds are not adults yet. But anyway, we're okay. And I well, am the father of a of a, a girl, so yeah, that's not right. But we're okay. gonna say sixty-nine, and we're, no judgment. All right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the teens arrived to the campsite in the afternoon of June fourth, mm-hmm. and everything was going smoothly until. Um, the early hours of June 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's estimated that between the hours of 4 and 6 a.m., Anja, Mila, Mila, and Seppo were stabbed multiple times and then bludgeoned through their tent. Hmm. So somebody was on the outside of the tent when they killed them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Nihilus would be the only survivor, um... 
There was an attempt on his life, but he managed to walk away with a concussion, a fractured jaw, and seven facial fractures. So somebody beat his head in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they didn't stab him. Which is weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, the tent and bodies were found at around 6 a.m. on June 5th by a group of young bird watchers. Uh, the boys saw the collapsed tent and reported seeing a blonde man walking away from the crime scene. But they didn't report the crime scene. Why would you not report the crime scene? You've seen two dead bodies. And then a man walk away. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Why would you not report that? Well, they How said they... they were boys. So maybe you just got scared. The bird watchers were boys? Yeah. Oh. They were... Okay. So, like, if you're that young, saying something that like that, you're know, like, uh... Yeah, they just ran away. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, um... I can see that. So, yeah, they... They ran away, um, and what had happened at the scene is um, two bodies were found inside of the tent, um, but Gustafsson's girlfriend was found outside of the tent, um, and she was naked from the waist down and lying next to her boyfriend, Gustafsson. Okay. Who was beaten. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Stefo was also in the worst state of the victims. And, um, had clearly been stabbed even after the death. Hmm. Yeah. Which is... The girl. Yeah. Okay. The, um... Oh, God. His girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, which is like, to me that sounds kind of like a crime of passion. Wow, they were all killed horrifically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oof. But like, can you imagine two little, or a group of boys walking upon that? Yeah, I'd be pretty that? freaked out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Would... Yeah. We. Um... So actually, it wasn't until 11 a.m. that the bodies were discovered by a carpenter named Risto Siren. Um, and he immediately told the police. Okay. So he's he, an adult. Yeah. Yep. Um, and they arrived to the scene around noon. But by then, the three people had been dead for more than six hours. Okay. So... Not great. Yeah. Like, not to bring, like, call out those boys, but if they had, like, told the police about what they saw around 6 a.m., mm -hmm. that would have been only, like, four to six hours. Okay. After, or not four to six. Well, I gotta say, I don't think that's abnormal. Right. For people to be found that late, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so now we get into the investigation of the murders. Okay. Um, the police deduce that rather than enter the tent and stab the teenagers from the inside, the murderer had attacked blindly from outside of the tent. 
Um, they had, Sounds to me they didn't care who they killed then because they didn't know who they were killing. Right. It was yeah. just people on the beach. Yeah. Um, they had clearly used a knife to stab their victims, but their bodies showed no evidence of any other weapon and that they had been bludgeoned with an un, uh, unidentified object. Hmm. Uh, police also found that several items were missing from the scene. Um, among some of the items missing were the keys to the teenagers' motorcycles, but they only took the keys. They didn't take the motorcycles. Okay. Which is weird. Yeah, maybe they were going to and something stopped them or they yeah. thought better of it. Cool, because you can trace yeah, motorcycles. Right. Um... And Gustafsson's shoes were also missing. Hmm. But um, they found them roughly like a half a mile from the tent. Um, and they found that along with other parts of his clothing. Hmm. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. I wonder what, how, why. Yeah. Why they got so far away. I mean, obviously the killer had them. But I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Um. So the police reportedly failed to take official recordings of their findings. Not, and they didn't warn off the area, leaving it open for anyone to walk in and contaminate that crime scene. Of course. Um. And shortly after the police left, they got a bunch of onlookers and campers that destroyed the scene they take it they didn't they even take pictures it. and there i found at least one picture of the scene before anyone touched it but that was all i found huh, huh. yeah that's too bad um forensics weren't alive back then no you know uh, protecting the crime scene i guess yeah. was unheard of <laughs> but yeah. Um, so after that happened, the police wanted to um, rectify their mistake. They wanted to like backtrack a little bit. Oh. Um, so they knew they had screwed up. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so then they should have protected the crime scene. Yeah. Is what yeah. you're saying. Okay. Um, so they enlisted the help of soldiers to help um, search for the missing items. Okay. Um, but the site was further trampled, and most of the items were never found. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So, yeah. It, so many things have gone wrong in this so far. Like, they didn't find the bodies until six hours after this had all occurred. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't know who's been at that crime scene within those six hours. Because right. the police didn't know about it. But then the police didn't cordon off the area and stop people from going to it. Right. So then you have that uh, further contamination of the crime scene. And it got trampled. And they, like, couldn't investigate it further because of how, like... How it was handled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... And they never found, uh, like the items that were missing like so this has kind of been like 
There's a lot of stuff stacked against this case already. Right. Um. So now let's get on to the suspects. Okay. Uh, the first suspect was Carl Vladimir Geilstrom. Okay. Um, he was known as the local, or in the local community as the kiosk man, because he operated uh, a kiosk nearby the lake. A kiosk. Yeah. So he, like a, what do you mean a kiosk? Like, like it says like a near, like a little shop. Huh. Not like a kiosk that you have in a mall. Right. But like a, um. Oh, it's just a little, little that sells. Yeah. Little magazines or whatever. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay, okay. Um. So his kiosk near Lake Bodum was frequented by campers. Um, but he was known for being hostile towards them, hmm. and uh, witnesses claimed to have seen him cut down tents and even throw rocks at hikers over the years. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and some said that they saw him leave the murder scene, but they claimed to be uh, too afraid of him to alert the authorities. Well, that's just hearsay then. Yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah. Hmm. Okay. It's like, well, it's So far, I think he's just a a suspect because he's mean. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like, we don't like this guy. He's kind of like an outcast, and he gets in our hair a lot. Right. So, you know, it would be really convenient. Well, yeah, he's he's the easy guy. Yeah. Here's a mean guy that has destroyed some tents, so he's got to be the guy. Yeah. Okay, so who's number two? Um, well, he also... Let's backtrack. Okay, just all, right, all right. We're staying um, He made several confessions in which he displayed knowledge of the crime, but they were... Uh, he was both drunk and sober when he made the confessions. So it happened at different times. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they were all ignored by the police. Okay. Um... Nine years after the Lake Bodum murders, uh, Galstrom drowned in Lake Bodum, likely by suicide. Hmm. Um, Could have been suicide because he felt some sort of guilt. Yeah. But that rendered DNA evidence as requested by authorities over the years because they wanted to check it out, make sure it wasn't him. Mm Mm-hmm. But that made that impossible together. Right. Hmm. Um, and that leads us to our second suspect. Okay. Hans I- <laughs> Hans Asman. Osman. Osman. We'll, we'll just say it that way. Osman. 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 Okay. Um, he was rumored to be a former KGB spy mm-hmm. who lived... Um, Near the shores of Lake Bodum. Again, this could just be hearsay. Yeah. Rumor, right? Okay. Um, and over the years, Osman earned a reputation as uh, somewhat of a recluse. Um, and he, okay, so he's like a recluse and he has the KBG rumors, um, which resulted in him being suspected in several murders 
but he was none of the accusations stuck. So hmm. they just accused him of everything. Right. Again, um, just kind of a convenient guy to accuse. Yeah. Right. However, he didn't go to the Helsinki Surgical Hospital the day after the attack with um, fingernails that were black with dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and his clothes were covered in red stains. So, why did he go there? You don't go there because your fingernails are dirty. I don't know why no. he went there. It just said he went there. It didn't but, say why he went there, how he was injured? Mm-mm. Or what was wrong with him? No. I couldn't find that out. I, like, I searched for a while, but I just didn't say. Okay. Okay, can you guys feel that judgment from where you are? Is the looks <laughs> I'm getting right now. What? I did not send a look your way. Anyway. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would like to know why he was in the ER. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay, you, why was he there? Did he have a, a, um, a stab wound? Then I would say, hey, yeah, that might be the guy. Yeah. You know, did he have some sort of, you know, like he was in a physical altercation? That's pretty damning mm-hmm. right yeah, there. That's but, true. Uh, um, but we don't know, Hannah. We don't know. We don't I'm know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but the hospital staff reported that Osman was nervous. Mm-hmm. And aggressive. So he's covered in blood and his fingernails are black with dirt. He's mm-hmm. nervous, he's aggressive. But other than a brief questioning, the police didn't pursue uh, Osman any further. Huh. Um, because he had a solid alibi. Oh. Well, I mean, if you have a solid alibi, then you <laughs> have a solid alibi. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um. But Osman's stained clothing was never investigated, despite doctors insisting that it was blood. So they right. never did any DNA testing on it. Um, he also matched the description of the blonde man fleeing the scene, and he cut his hair shortly following the newspaper article. Um, that described the blonde man. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's all circumstantial, but right. uh, that yeah, that could be that could be guilt. Right. Yeah. So and that could lead to him being guilty, but still circumstantial. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So they didn't arrest him. Okay. But they did make an arrest forty-four years after the murders took place. Dying. Yeah. So that went um cold for 44 years so the year is 2004 2004 yep in march of 2004 okay niles um gustafson the sole survivor of the lake bodum murders was arrested and brought to trial what yeah but he was beaten right and he had like facial fractures and stuff right now, he was not stabbed. I thought that was a little weird. Right. Everybody else was stabbed and killed. He only was beaten. But right. I don't know. How do he you beat like yourself and break your own jaw? I, yeah. I, I guess you could, but I don't. And then break your face unless you have seven facial fractures. Yeah. You really have to do a number on yourself. Yeah. For the and then 
go hide your pawn object. And all the stuff you use. Yeah, because they never found that. Uh-uh. Huh. Okay. I mean, it's definitely possible. It is possible. They have no, unless I, I haven't heard it yet, they have no direct evidence. Yeah. So we'll get into that. All right, let's see what okay. happens. Um, so the police were like, we knew it was him all along. They claimed that they suspected him um, from the beginning mm -hmm. and insisted that they had evidence to support their claims. Okay, let's hear it. So the police claimed that <laughs> Gustafsson's shoes had been worn by the killer during the attack, um, which they found out by the fact that they weren't covered in the victim's blood. Or they were covered in the victim's blood, but not Gustafsson's. Okay. Like they didn't have any of his blood on them. Okay. Um, during the trial, um, the prosecution said there was a uh, fight between Gustafsson and Boisman. Who's that? Is that the boyfriend or the girlfriend? Um, or is that the... That's the other guy, the other 18-year-old. Okay. okay. Seppo. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so they had a big fight. Um, they know this or they theorized? They theorized that there was a big fight, which mm -hmm. um, ended in a triple homicide. <laughs> the prosecution claimed that Gustafsson had gotten drunk and... Um, Killed everybody. Yeah. Well, he exiled from the tent. When Seppo made an attempt to talk to him, uh, like talk him down, a fight had ensued. Uh, ensued and uh, Seppo won, allegedly. Um, Still, they don't know this, they're guessing. Mm -mm. But they think that's how he had all those fract that fractured jaw those broken face bones. Oh, because... Several fractures in the concussion. Beat him up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because of that bite. Okay. Plausible. Still no evidence to support it. Uh, they said that he must have gone back to the tent in a blind rage, killed his girlfriend and two fr friends, and then um, inflicted the rest of his damage to himself. I mean, I guess you have the shoes... Yeah. But it, all of that is basically... Isn't that circumstantial? They're his shoes. They have yeah. everybody's blood on them. But his. But his. And why would they have his friend's blood? If they were his shoes and he was wearing them... Right. They might have the girl he was sleeping next to. Right. But why would they have the friends... I don't I know. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um... I mean, I can, I can, that's a leap, but. Yeah. Yeah, okay. They said he then tried to hide the, uh, his shoes, and he staged the rest of the crime scene. It's possible. Still, yeah. I don't think that's a smoking gun, but right. I, it's All definitely, it's possible. All of these have been possible. All these suspects, right. they could have done it. Maybe. <sighs> well, the. The first guy they just thought was mean. Right. The second KGB guy, they somebody supposedly said they saw him leaving. 
and he cut his hair. Right. It was the young boys saw said they saw a blonde man right. leave the crime. But then scene. somebody said they had seen him too. I right. think maybe. Yeah. And so and now we have the bloody shoes. Right. Really that's the only thing that ties right. this guy to a murder. Right, because they lost there. all of their any evidence that could have been used to help find the killer. Yeah, because they bungled they lost the, it. Bungled it, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, what Which, would make this guy more guilty than the KGB guy? Or the other guy, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I think other than he I, apparently he did confess, but he was drunk. I would say he was the least likely. Right. The first guy. The kiosk guy. Mm-hmm. Um, is there more information to come? Um, well, what also helped the fact, um, like, say, Gustafsson was guilty, uh-huh. is that the young bird watchers uh, who originally found the site claimed to have seen a man leaving... Um, they said that blonde man could have been Gustafsson. Could have been. But it also could have been the KBG guy. That's what they said, or that's what you're saying? No, that's what I'm saying. Is that... Right. Cause, but that's not what the kids said. The kids said no. that it could have been Gustafsson. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's... I don't know. I still don't think that's a smoking gun. You know, usually yeah. you don't get that in real life. Right. But uh, I don't know. I think this could all be explained away. I mean, first of all, eyewitness testimony is very, they weren't 100% sure anyway. So right. you, let's just say that's out of, out of it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you know, the shoes. The shoes are compelling in some ways, I will say. Right. But... Who knows? I mean, his shoes could be been outside the tent. A lot of people leave right. their shoes outside so they don't get the tent, tent dirty. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So somebody could just put on his shoes. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it's possible. It's possible he did it. But. Right. But why would you put on someone else's shoes? When I first heard it, I thought a homeless guy. Maybe. You know? And, um, but, I you know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. I still don't. Could I convict him if I was on the jury just knowing that it was the shoes? Jeez, I don't know. I, I doubt myself right now. And you got to be on, yeah. go beyond a reasonable doubt. And uh, I don't know if we're there yet. All right. Yeah. So, okay. Let, let's see. So, Gustafsson's defense dismissed the story. They said, um, that's a little far-fetched. Okay. Um, Well, yeah, the whole fight thing is just, we don't know. That that was totally made up. They don't know what happened. Right. Yeah. They said um, that if Seppo and Niles truly had gotten into a fight, Niles would have been too injured to viciously murder his friends let alone walk more than a half a mile round trip to hide his shoes. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> that, yeah. 
I mean, he could have won the fight. I don't, who knows? Right. Um, but no, I no, I don't believe that. But anyway, keep um, going. So ultimately, the defense won, and a year after he was arrested, uh, Gustafsson was acquitted of all charges, and the murder goes unsolved till this day. So, and who do I like the best? Who do you like the best? One, two, or three? Um, Kiosk, I KGB, or like, Tent guy? I feel like KBG guy. KGB. KGB guy is the one I need to go with because he was the one with... Well, he, but he has a, what the solid police felt alibi. was a solid I'd alibi. I'd like to know what that solid alibi right. was. Right, because he's covered in blood. Right. And his fingernails are dirty. Right, and he cut his hair. The hair um, thing's circumstantial. Yeah. But it could lead to something. Um, well, I don't understand why you See, if they had tested his shirt... Hair. I mean, he could have just wanted to cut his hair. Who right, knows? but like, if everyone knows you're a blonde man, yeah. why shave your head or cut it? Because cut your I, you're worried somebody might see you and think, hey, that could be the guy. Yeah. So you cut his shorts so people, I throw people off. But, you know, you're not thinking clearly if you're guilty and you're stressed out right. and scared. And but, he um, was anxious and... Um, aggravated at the hospital right but still whose blood i mean right. he could have been he could have field dressed a deer we don't know right um uh i think the evidence against him is just as compelling as the evidence against the boy the gustafson mm-hmm. because they both have blood although the blood was tested apparently and they found these other kids blood on his shoes right i mean that's pretty compelling evidence but it can be explained right yeah um so who do you think you thought the kgb did i don't know who i think did i don't think any of them really it's not clear. No, it's not clear enough. There's not a clear compass pointing Because they don't the have any or... evidence. Yeah. I think the first guy, all three of them could have done it. Right. But um, the first guy would be the first one I knock off. Right. Then it's just, it's kind of almost the tie between KGB guy and Gustafsson because um, they were both bloody. Mm-hmm. But then he kind of got crossed off the KGB guy because he had an alibi. Right. If it was a good alibi. Yeah. Let's just say the police did their job. It's a good alibi. Mm-hmm. So then you're stuck with Gustafsson, who... I mean, if that's the only three I had to go with, I mean, it's possible he did it. But... Right. Still, it's all circumstantial. Exactly. A good lawyer could have got him off, and I, I sounds like... Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like. I don't really think they have any hardcore evidence to put any of those three away. No, they. Well, obviously they didn't. They didn't. Because they didn't put any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's too bad that they never found beyond a reasonable doubt. You know, and the the police said that they always suspected Gustafsson Mm -hmm. from the get go. Right. 
So, and that could have tainted their investigation from the get-go, too. That's why they didn't follow up on KGB guy very well. That's why they didn't right. follow up on Kiosk guy very mm-hmm. well. Because they were just totally focused on this guy, this kid. Exactly, um, yeah. So that's... I don't know. And then you got to think they screwed up the crime scene. They screwed up mm-hmm. all of that. So, again... Knowing just this information, I would say that the police screwed up, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll never know the true story, Mm-mm. yeah, unfortunately, yeah. All right, and this was compelling, though. I, I, I like how this kind of left me thinking, would I have convicted this guy? And I would have to say, I would lean towards acquittal, not saying that he didn't do it just saying that the state didn't prove he did it yeah to me yeah but hmm, interesting yeah and also what motive did he have to kill all of his well the police said it was just because he was mad at him right and he was drunk drunk. yeah but but then what motive would the kiosk guy have? He was mean. He just... KGB guy people. was mean. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's all... It's all thin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Hannah. That was a... Oh, uh, that was a good... That was a good story. Um, a good... St- a good crime. Uh, thank you for sharing it. Oh, you are welcome. Yes. Well, another one's in the books. Yeah. We're going to have to think of a good name for this one. I know. How about Tent. Hockey Town, USA? Hockey Town, USA. <laughs> USA? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Hockey Town, Finland. Because uh, <laughs> you're saying all the ho- good hockey players came from... Yeah. I don't um, know what it is, but... Gretzky came from Canada. Canada. All right. Okay. He's the greatest of all so. time. There's no denying that. Brett Hall? Eh, he's okay. <laughs> Was he okay? Okay. Um, Patrick Waugh? He came from Quebec. He's pretty good. Uh-huh. Nice guy, too. Yeah. So. Um. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, well uh, I think we've got to wrap it up. Okay. We could talk for hours. We could. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, well, thanks. And uh, we'll be back again with another episode. Yes, we will. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see what it is. But remember, if you ever find yourself on this show, it means you you done done been been murked. murked.